do me a favour. If you are listening, please hit the subscribe button, like, share, rate, review the podcast. It really means more than you realise. I believe every business owner has a story to tell. Through seeking true, authentic insights about the entrepreneurial journey, I provide a platform for our peers to share their stories and inspire those that listen. This is the County Business Talks podcast, powered by Picture Book Films. Nothing's changed, always constantly creating win-win situations and creating great experiences where people are having fun, uh, dancing, enjoying themselves and meeting new friends for life. And I tried to keep business very simple. I lost a lot of money, I lost a million quid. It's a blow over and we'll be fine. Um, and we got to sort of the June and July and then obviously Boris said again, that no festivals are happening this summer. So at the time you're thinking, shit, you know, this is real. What really shocked us was for those first, when we said we're moving the dates to August, for that first two weeks, every single day on my, my phone on my, coming through was, I want a refund, I want a refund, refund, refund. I was like, oh my God, this is mad. Listen, you lose money and, you know, a million quid's a lot of money to lose, but I didn't lose sleep over it. There's nothing I can physically do um, to change that. So if like, you are resilient and you are persistent and you are consistent and you are out there constantly trying to improve to make your business model work just keep at it just tweak and tweak and tweak but i wanted to create something that are going to give people joy and i've you know for the last 25 years i put smiles on people's faces and got paid to do it business no one teaches us business all we're doing is working it all out all i've done is working it all out and the working it all out and I say this on my on my TikTok and my Instagram and, and when I mentor other young entrepreneurs, they're working it all out as the fun bit. How you doing? Yeah, good thanks. You? Very well, mate. Very well. Welcome episode four of the 24-hour podcast lovely to, to be welcomed by uh the the man bournemouth sevens festival owner eventful entrepreneur podcast host co-host we've had the harry redneck podcast founder of event crowd roger woodall how are you doing mate i'm very good buddy how are you mate really good it's great great to have you on i'm re- really pleased thanks for joining me today mate it's my pleasure my pleasure. It's a great cause. We're going to um, look. We're going to we're going to delve straight in. Um, just let, tell the listeners a little bit about your your story and your career. Cool, Jesus Christ! Straight off the bat, <laughs> <laughs> in, put me on the spot. I thought it was, <laughs> uh, my story. Uh, grew up in pubs, living in London as a young kid. Um, started throwing. Started earning money as an entrepreneur, buying and selling. Uh, started selling tickets to the nightclub next door for, to our pub in London, earning as a ten-year-old earning uh, twenty pound every Saturday night. My tickets got people queue jumping to the club next door. I buy them for a quid, sell them for two quid. Uh, I'd earn my pound and I'd get twenty quid at the end of the night. And um, yeah, did that every Saturday. And it was a very different upbringing uh, compared to most, um, but it was an upbringing that I certainly wouldn't change for the world. And it taught me lots and lots of things and how to read people and uh, you sense what was going on in a room you were just you were just you saw people wheeling and dealing and earning money and from a young age that was sort of instilled in me really 
Um, and that's kind of grown into throwing parties for a living for the last 25 years and um, lots of other businesses. Um, and then obviously now I had a, I had 12 nightclubs every week all around the UK. I throw parties in and I take the door money, I take, I take the bar money and uh, did that for 10 years and then moved into creating my own sport and music festival, which has been running now coming into year 16 with 30,000 people partying in the field for three days. Um, listening to a hundred DJs and bands and uh, enjoying life. There's loads of other stuff thrown in there as well. We also created a sportswear brand, which we sold in 2018. Um, that went global very quickly called Viper 10. Uh, we have launched a podcast called The Eventful Entrepreneur for the last two years, which is now in the top 0.5% of podcasts globally and listened to in 140 countries where I interview uh, people who've started set up businesses to sporting icons to ex-international drug smugglers to the owner of Reebok to Michael Jackson's bodyguard to you name it Harry Redknapp and I've had a mad couple of years <laughs> and uh interviewing Rod Stewart and Piers Morgan and Eddie Hearn and the list goes on wow. it's been a lot of fun and uh in the pandemic we also launched uh, created a new business called the event crowd which is a new online events course that people can do. I brought in 40 of the world's leading experts, industry experts from Glastonbury, uh, Wimbledon Tennis, London Fashion Week, the Olympics, etc. all done a pre-recorded video at our HQ here. Um, and people can uh, learn everything you need to know about events and get you into the events industry within three months rather than doing a three year degree. And it costing you 27 grand. You can do our course for two and a half grand and you will learn everything that I know and all my team and all the experts we've brought in. So it's uh, we saw a huge niche in the market, gap in the market, and we've gone for it. That's my little world. You There's loads it. of other stuff thrown in there. <laughs> wow. Wow. I needed to book out a couple of hours for, the, for this one, mate. <laughs> Listen to episode 100 of the Eventful Entrepreneur. It's all in there. Right, love that. Love that. Well, look, I mean, interesting listening to your story, like your obviously upbringing. So did, was you always destined then to be an entrepreneur from a young age? You think that was always in you? Oh, it's always, always in the blood. It's always been in the blood. Yeah. It's interesting. In fact, uh, my mum passed away this year and I got a, um, she's a proper entrepreneur. She, she was uh, from Manchester and she was in the, in the, in the casino world, as was my dad was a croupier in the casino world. And, uh, there's a photo that come out of the, the loft and they've, they used to do a lot of, they used to run pubs in London after the casino world um in the uh late 70s 80s um and yeah there's a photo of me that dressed up one of their fancy dress nights dressed up as an entrepreneur all the watches inside um yeah <laughs> I, I guess it was in, i guess it's in the blood and you know it's just um myself growing up with entrepreneurs like arthur daly or um del boy um and you had no real sort of mentors out there and stuff then it turned into richard branson in the 90s and whatever you're now entrepreneurs like the coolest thing uh in the world and I've always been an entrepreneur. I've never worked for anyone, never had a job, just created my own businesses. And, um, you know, I learned from a very young age, you know, to create win-win situations. And um, that's taken me to the stage I'm at now in my forties and nothing's changed. Always constantly creating win-win situations and creating great experiences where people are having fun, uh, dancing, enjoying themselves and meeting new friends for life. And I try to keep business very simple uh, and I have done over the years and uh, I'm very lucky to have a wonderful team around me um who are a lot better than i am um but, you know there's a lot of, there's a lot of leaders in the world there's also a lot of soldiers in the world and um i was definitely a leader from a young age 
Um, and that's um, and obviously with my sporting background, it's really helped me in business over the years. I say obviously rugby was your was your sport, wasn't it? And you you know what, what I guess what what things have you taken from sport and you know playing rugby at the level you did to in, into the business world as well? I suppose leadership, leadership, and bringing people on your journey, leading from the front, empowering was you empowering your teammates. I can't hear you. Sorry. Was you a leader on the rugby pitch? Was you a leader on the uh, rugby pitch as well? Uh one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. Always going through the always going through the ranks as a kid and up to school level, up to uni and up to, you know, Leicester Tigers and, and everything else. There was always like uh, the captains growing up. Um and you led from the front. You know, I was a I was a leader of people. Um and I enjoyed that. I really did enjoy that. It's just carried on in business life and um yeah. Yeah, it's been an interesting three three odd decades. Yeah, mate, it's an amazing story. I'm, I'm I'm really keen to obviously being involved in in the events industry as you have done and running, you know, Bournemouth Sevens. Talk, talk to me about March 2020, global pandemic. What's your mindset around that point? Running events, you know, couldn't go ahead. And t- tell me about your mindset around that point. I loved it. Really weird. Really? This is really weird to sound, right? I lost a lot of money. I lost a million quid. Um, in March 20, it was the 23rd of March, 2020. I don't watch the news. I don't watch telly. It's not my thing. Uh, but my wife said, you've got to come and listen to this. Boris spoke on the 23rd of March and he said, there's a pandemic on its way. COVID, Corona, I haven't heard of any. I didn't know what a pandemic was. So straight onto Google to find out what it was all about. Um, and I genuinely thought, um, it'll be gone in three months. You know, they're talking about this flu come over us. It'll be fine in three months. But you got to remember, we'd sold out 30,000 tickets to our festival. Um, our festival is always the last bank holiday in May. Um, so we had two months to go. So all our tickets were sold out. Everyone was excited to come to the festival. 400 teams, people flying in from different countries. So we, we had to make a big decision very quickly to move it to the August bank holiday weekend. I thought, oh, it's plenty of time. This will blow over and we'll be fine. Um, and we got to sort of the June and July, and then obviously Boris said again that no festivals are happening this summer. So at the time, you're thinking, shit, you know, this is real. First of all, you go, yeah. well, to move the date of a festival is not easy, by the way. To move the I'll date, bet, people I'll have bet. bought 30,000 tickets. You've got to speak to all your customers and let them, them know you're moving to August. You've got to speak to the venue. You've got to speak to all your contractors. You know, we have a, we have, um, a thousand staff working each day on the festival. You know, we have a team of 10 full-time staff working throughout the year. So there was lots of bills to pay. And um, the whole industry was wonderful because they moved they moved with us to the August bank holiday. We spoke to the police, licensing council. And being an entrepreneurial company, you know, we have a, a real quick turnaround. You know, you know, if you are a corporate company, like the QE2 taking, you know, three miles to turn around, we're like a speedboat. You know, we can turn quickly and make things happen. And... That's how I like it. And um, we moved quickly. Um, what really shocked us was for those first, when we said we're moving the dates to August, for that first two weeks, every single day on my, my phone on my, coming through was, I want a refund, I want a refund, refund, refund. I was like, oh my God, this is mad. And then after the 14th day, everything stopped. And we added it all up and only 20% of the people who bought tickets wanted a refund. So 80% of people kept their tickets and we're supporting you and backing you. And that to me really made 
really sort of uh, gave an amazing feeling that was such a loyal crowd we've had built we've built up over the years and um yeah so within that period all that going on i also know that it was that you know whatever happens i've been here before you know i'm very resilient and um i was excited i was really excited of what businesses i can now create in a in a real problematic time and um that's what we've done for the last two years we created two wonderful businesses on the back of it and listen you lose money and you know a million quid's a lot of money to lose but I didn't lose sleep over it. There's nothing I can possibly physically do um, to change that. So there's no point of losing sleep and being upset and, and everything. It's like happy days. Here we go again. So I can start creating a new business now where I guess majority of people were maybe sort of maybe curled up and or sitting on the hands and with the fear of what's going on. I've been here before in 2008. So uh, in 2001 and I found it really exciting and it, it gave me the opportunity to get back into the business. Because prior to that, I had a, from 2016 to 2020, I had a mini retirement to spend time with my family and my wife and um, and go traveling around the world and go to many festivals and party and enjoy ourselves. But I was ready, you know, after doing that for four years, it's only so long you can keep doing that um, yeah. with not that wow. serious purpose. Because the festival was a well-oiled machine, you know, in, in by the time 2020 hit, we'd been going for... 13 years and I, I put a wonderful team of managing directors and commercial directors and, and event managers and uh, social media managers all in place so it allowed me to step away from the business and, and give total freedom and and empower all of our team there to be entrepreneurs within an entrepreneurial business so that was wonderful but you know it, when it got to 2018 sort of 2018 2019 after two or three years of traveling and enjoying and eating good food and, and, and long lunches and all the stuff that goes with it after all these years of graft, I was chomping at the bit to find something to get my teeth into something. So this was the perfect, this was the perfect storm for me. Um, because it, 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 you sounds, know, it, it sounds to me like just it's fascinating to listen to you talk about it in that way. Like, cause so many people, I guess they, you know, run businesses and, and, you know, have failures and things that don't work out and and it, the resilience that they need to show to bounce back i guess one thing i've learned that I've, I've run businesses myself for 15 years some have worked some haven't but the lessons you learn from the things that don't uh what make you stronger that's how i've always looked at things like i don't see failure as a there's no failures only feedback that's one thing i always sort of look at so whatever whatever's gone on whatever challenges you go through you look at them as that's just a that's a problem at the time you got to look at like you said listening to you talk about you, you can tell that that passion that you've got for business as a whole like you just you, you can tell that you love it and that's where and that obviously comes across with the people you work with with staff with like you said your clients have 80 percent of them go no nah, we, we believe we want to support you that what an amazing feeling to have at that point absolutely that's my, and I, I'm, I'm keen because obviously then you talk about I guess you're talking about you know the challenges that you face over the over the years what what your your relationship with failure or relationship with things not working out do you you just don't seem to have any fear of it would I be right in assuming no fear. that fear of what There's no fear <laughs> there I don't even have the word failure in my vocabulary I don't understand why people say you have to fail you have to fail you have to fail you don't have to fail the way I see it is I constantly just tweaking. Something's not working, I'll tweak it. Something's not working, I'll tweak it. The only time you fail is when you have to fold your business. Yeah. 
Have you ever folded you're a business? The one you're the one who's stopping, but there's there's so many opportunities to keep tweaking. If you are resilient and you are persistent and you are consistent and you are out there constantly trying to improve to make your business model work, just keep at it. Just tweak and tweak and tweak. But you know, there's there's a lot of people who have got really strong minds and there's a lot of people who may not want to push it that far. All depends how hungry you are to be a success and I'm driven not by a pound note anymore. I'm just driven by creating really nice brands that people like and really enjoy and I can make an impact in their lives, whether it's a festival or whether it's throwing 1,500 parties in nightclubs all around the UK or whether it's creating a, an event for entrepreneur podcast where I'm bringing people together again because people weren't allowed to go to events. I didn't know what a podcast was two years ago, but I wanted to create something that are going to give people joy. And I've, you know, for the last 25 years, I put smiles on people's faces and got paid to do it. So it's, um, I just don't like the, the, the failure thing. I think people on social media are jumping all over. You have to fail. You have to fail. You learn, you don't have to fail. You just keep tweaking and improving until you get to a point because no one's ever taught us business. You don't go to school. Yeah. If you go to school and do business study, you're not learning business studies. You're re you're learning from some old boys written a book 30 years ago and someone regurgitating it. That's not business. You go to university and do business study. I've got some students in the other day. I said, talk to me through what your business study is. Okay, yeah, this, 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 and this. I was like, oh my God. You're about 20 years out of date there. And how much did you pay for that course? Oh, 27,000 pounds and it's taken me three years. Now I've got a degree like everyone else has got a degree. But you're three years behind in business because no one's taught you business. No one teaches us business. All we're doing is working yes. it all out. All I've done is working it all out. And they're working it all out and I say this on my on my TikTok and my Instagram and, and when I mentor other young entrepreneurs, they're working it all out as the fun bit. That's where the fun is. When you get to the destination of, of, of I've exited companies before, there's no fun in that. You get a pound, you get a good chunk put in your bank account. Wonderful. Don't get me wrong, that's wonderful. I'm not saying money's not a good thing, you know, it's an, a great enabler to, to travel and eat good food and stuff. And but um yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I love it because it's honestly it's fascinating for me. But I'm, for, I'm keen to just touch on something you mentioned there about you know, you know your your success for you like is not driven by a pound note like now. But was it previously? Was you driven by money previously, or have you never 100, been? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I was grew up and living above a pub in London, a two bed flat where you've got. A thousand people downstairs in your house essentially and the toxicity in that pub whether you're whether there is uh, villains in there whether there's nice people in there whether there's fights going on you got uh, the old bouncers doorman on the door you got police coming in uh you got loud music you got partying you got a nightclub next door to you my my sleep patterns as a kid were non-existent you know i was going to bed at midnight every night and the nightclub would keep me awake because my bedroom was there and the nightclub was literally next door, one one brick away with 1,200 people in there stamping their feet to come on Eileen and the, and the DJ on the mic, you know? So <laughs> my sleep patterns were all over the place, but I knew I was earning money from, from everything going on in the pub, whether it, was, whether it was earning money selling tickets in the pub or taking people up the back stairs of the pub, have a secret knock on the door for the door when open up and I'll get 20, 30 people piled in the back and I'll take the door money for that as a 10 year old, 11 year old, 12 year old. Or on bank holiday weekends, it was on the River Thames. You'd have walk by trade because people were going down to the Thames. 
There'd be tens of thousands of people. So I'd go to the cash and carry as an 11, 12 year old with mum and dad. I'd buy all the hot dogs and I'd buy all the ice creams. So I'm edging my bets on the weather. And at the end of the weekend, if it's if it's a sunny day, I'm selling all the ice creams and taking all the hot dogs back on, on, on Tuesday after the bank holiday weekend. And then and if it's if it's raining or poor weather, I'll be selling all the hot dogs. You know, and as a 10 to 13, 14 year old, all around the ages group, I was coming out of six, seven hundred quid profit, net profit, every bank holiday. That's a lot of money in the wow. 80s as a young kid. So <laughs> it's just grown and grown over the years. Um, to whatever I've sort of put my mind to, you know, um, I, it's, I could go on talk about 10, 20 different businesses that that money as a as a as in my teenage years, let alone when I come into a real business world at the age of 18, 19, up to where I am now. But I just constantly see, you know, a, an entrepreneur as a seeker. What's that? So that 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 drive, that drive for that at that young age, that drive was to 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 nick a pound note to get more money and and to because what I, thing I reason I asked that is because I'm interested to gauge between. Because what I find fascinating, what you talked about just now about the journey and not that destination, because we we're often where success, people's success is measured by their by their um, financial wealth. That's how sometimes people's narrative is. They think it is. They think it is. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They think but it I'm, is because I've got a lot of multimillionaire friends who are so unhappy just because they got yeah. a nice motor and a couple of cars and the kids are at a private school and they got a nice house. There's nothing else to them. They've got yeah. a lot of money, but they earn their money by not doing something they enjoyed. It might be working in a city. It might be having a recruitment company, whatever it was, whatever it is, they're at a point now that they're in their forties. They're not actually happy, you know, but going back yeah. to your original question, I was striving for money as a young kid because I didn't have the luxuries that all my friends had living in nice houses. So I wanted a comfy upbringing. I wanted silence. I didn't want a nightclub next door to my bedroom, banging music till two, three in the morning. I didn't want people leaving the nightclub, screaming and shouting, fighting or whatever it may be to wake me up. I didn't want the dray men at five o'clock rolling the barrels to get into the pub. You know, we had two Alsatians and a Doberman at the time. So the dray men would wake up the, the Alsatians and the Doberman. They'd bark. Up in our flat above the pub, we had a, a cockatoo called Bubbles, because we're all West Ham fans. The cockatoo <laughs> woke up our pet monkey. You know, it was madness, you know, having a pet monkey, a cockatoo, budgery guards, dogs, noise. As a kid, all I wanted to do was earn money. And I got a huge buzz of earning money. I got a huge buzz of not having to ask my old man or mum for any money, because I was earning my mm. own money. And it was sometimes more than they were earning at a very young age. So I was always going to, friends houses and i would see mum and dad their mum and dad cooking together um cuddling and kissing and they'd all have dinner together over the table and i always remember like beautiful thick carpet under my feet when i went to their houses and when i went to bed at night at their house on sleepovers it'd be silent it'd be quiet i was like oh my god this is amazing then i'd go back to the pub and it'd be madness but i loved it as well I loved the madness because I was hanging around a young kid hanging around on the door with all the doormen. They're more wheeling, dealing, earning money. I saw things kids should definitely not see. I saw a lot of happiness. I also saw a lot of violence as a kid um, with people being thrown out of the pub and fights happening, etc. But I absolutely loved it. 
But in the back of my mind, I just wanted to earn money because I enjoyed the buzz of it and I was good at it. That I then wanted to dream about owning my own home, my own house with silence, with a nice wife that I can cook and and have all those lovely comforts that we didn't have by living in a two bed flat above a, a pub next to a nightclub. That's essentially is the answer. That was your driver. That was your driver then. That's that's what's interesting. That Massive. was your driver and that you you then again it's a lot of back to that that thing I sort of mentioned about where life especially as an entrepreneur and what taking something you mentioned a little while back about got to enjoy that journey got to be enjoying what you're doing whatever businesses you run I'm similar i run two or three different businesses obviously got the podcast and other bits but each one i bring people together i enjoy it and you enjoy what you do you enjoy that journey and of course you know like you said that financial gain at some point if you you make money and you're able to maybe take some time out like you did and Great, you get to that thing, but you're never going to change. In, if you've got that inbred inside you, you've got to have that purpose, haven't you? You've got to, you still want to be doing stuff, and you still want to you know, have that mindset to to go out. And are you ever going to switch off? Are you ever going to get to a point where you go? Oh, I'm just never going. To, I'm not going to do that anymore. Never going to no. go out. No, no, <laughs> never. Exactly. To the moment I die, because I enjoy the game. It's one big game. <laughs> I think people you see it as a game. Pressure. I say it's a massive game, but there's too much pressure on this word business. No one's been taught business. They just see it on telly and they go, oh, that's how business people should be. I don't wear a suit. <laughs> I go to every meeting in a pair of jeans and, and in trainers, whether I'm doing a hundred grand deal or selling a business or doing a 10 grand deal. I don't use a computer. I use my mobile. From a very young age, I was drilled into my head from my mum. Everyone you meet is a contact. I was drilled at a young age to, to earn a pound note and make sure you create win-win situations and everything you do, that they're happy with a smile on the face and you're happy and everyone's winning. And all I've done is brought that into adulthood. And the very simple things about looking people in the eye and shaking their hand and doing deals. I've got contracts I've got for 10, 15 years I've been doing that on a handshake. A handshake, look me in the eyes, we're doing a deal, let's go again. Listen, there are contracts that have been signed. Don't get me wrong. They have to be in the business we're in. There's a big money flying around in the deals that are being done. But I do everything on a handshake. You know, it's really important to me that these old school, these old school um, traits and everything that I've been brought up with, a very uh, strong dad, who's my best pal, and a very strong mum, and, and they, they're the ones who give me the freedom as a young kid. And they're the ones who gave me the belief as a young kid and it's a real powerful gift to give someone a child the power of belief um, and the power of freedom and let them roll with things so well, i'm just passing it on to my little boy now and it, it's delight to see um but yeah i've never spoken about this voice it's, it's, yeah quite cathartic how about, how about, <laughs> <laughs> it's strange isn't it being a being a podcast host and and actually then having someone interview I've I've been interviewed myself and it is it's a it's a it's a, it's a strange one the thing but uh, mate yeah. listen so, how old your boy how old your son he's eight Alfie lovely little kid amazing 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 and, and for for yeah I'm, I'm interested because I've my, my I've got twins who are similar age where seven they'd be eight in, eight in May but like what um can you can you see him growing up to be an entrepreneur. I can see it hundred percent. He listens to me on the phone. It's, it's, it's actually interesting when you're a dad and you're on the phone and having conversations, cutting deals and, 
or or the celebrities you have on the podcast or amazing conversations I've had or talking about sponsorship or tickets or camping and glamping and the DJs and what acts we're getting. He's talking to me about it all at eight with just because he's picked it up. You know, it's um, it's it's lovely. He'd be watching a, a Champions League footy game. I don't think there's many eight-year-olds are going, Dad, how much sponsorship around the pitches are they getting at the moment? See the, see the sponsor on the front of the show? How much are they getting, Dad? What's the capacity? How much is a ticket to get into that into that uh, stadium, Dad? You know, it's, how much is a pint, do you reckon? How many people have how many pints? Two people, two pints per person, average? Day. This is all coming out because he's he's listening. And, and it's very powerful. You know, you are... You are you are your parents, and some people that's not a good thing, and some people it's a great thing, and some people it's an okay thing. But you know, I can only no, I mean, go on what I've 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 been blessed with two wonderful. My mum's gone now, but two wonderful parents who are clued up and and humble and uh, well mannered. Uh, yeah, it's it's nice, it's nice, and you know what they've worked their nuts off to. You know, I got sent to a private school as a kid. You know, I was living a double life. I was going to a private school where kids were turning up with briefcases and mummy and daddy dropping them off in rollers or whatever it was. It was a sports school. I was a, I was a talented little sportsman. I got a sports scholarship there, but still you had to pay. And mum and dad were living above the pub, working seven days a week, 18 hours a day to make to make ends meet, you know. And um, it was a real vibrant pub. They're the first ones to bring DJs and doormen. Uh, they were called bouncers back in the day. They're the ones they, they they created fancy dress nights and everything that went with it. And you know, and they gave me a wonderful sort of um, step up in life, going to a, a school with wonderful facilities to play sport and and have a laugh. And I was no good in the classroom. I just didn't understand that you had to concentrate, and I didn't understand what all the other kids. All I wanted to do was be disruptive in a nice way, muck about. Yeah. Um, and all I wanted to do was be on that sports field. And But it was living like a double life because I'd go to this private school. Dad I'd, dad was a bodybuilder back in the day and we had two Alsatians and we walked to school every morning, rain or shine, with the dogs. He'd have his bodybuilding tracky bottoms on. Remember the gold gym things down the side? <laughs> I'd be there in this posh little school outfit with a cap on and I'd have my West Ham rucksack on. And um, and they were great times. So I'd, you know, And on the way back, all the kids were like, I want to be walking back with uh, Dodge and his dad, you know, and and we'd, dad would be singing "I'm Forever Blowing Bubbles." We'd have twenty kids, and he'd be dropping all the kids off at their houses and stuff. And you know, it was it was a very different upbringing, but you know, it was a double life. You're going there at school, and then you're coming back to the pub, and then it was like, go 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 go, money, people, craziness going on, police turning up, loud music, da, 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 you know. But I, like I said earlier. I wouldn't change it for the world, and but I wouldn't want my boy to be brought up in that environment today. Yeah, that's in, that's interesting. That and I think for for me, I'm, I'm keen to just touch on that about the education side of things. You went to a private school. We're obviously yeah. talking about your son, eight years old, um, and obviously learning from you as an entrepreneur. But what, what's your take around the education system in the country? Like, for, so for me, like similar age i guess and i think for me like entrepreneurship wasn't necessarily encouraged certainly not at school back then i went to school in dagnum worst school in the borough and you look at it but you know 
people's expectations or limitations of what you could go on and do afterwards were quite limited. Entrepreneurship, like I said, wasn't encouraged, where it is a lot more now in schools, isn't it? But I still don't know, like necessarily the, the, the way it's structured the education system that we don't encourage more entrepreneurship. What, what's your take on that? I think the, I think the whole education system is a hundred years out of date. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Listen, I like nothing teaches you in the education system to be in the big wide world to know about mortgages, about paying your tax, about paying your bills, about um yeah. God, the list can go on and on and on about business, about life skills. Nothing's teaching you there. Very little. There's probably someone might pick me up on this. There might be a, a small amount, but you know, it's um it's a shame. It's a shame. There's a whole a whole episode on this, but it's uh and the same as universities as well. Listen, if you're if you're going to do a, a you want to become a lawyer or a dentist or a doctor or a vet, I understand that universities for you. But there's three thousand ologies out there that kids are just going. Oh, I'll just do that. I'll just do history degree because I did an A level in history. You come out of there, ninety two percent of them are never going to use that degree again with history. They'll come. They'll go into a completely different occupation. So, I think it's a lot of it's really really out of date. Um, and that's why we created this online events course, because we're teaching you skills that can be transferable in any business. Um, and yeah. it's a really powerful course. And it's and because I didn't like exams at school, I've made sure they're not exams in this one. You know, you can get a diploma within three months and you're learning from the creme de la creme of people. So that's why we created it in lockdown. Um, invested maybe a quarter of a million pound into it. It's a wonderful course. It's called uh, theeventcrowd.com. And it's something that I created because I knew there was a gap in the market because it, everyone's going online these days. Yeah. Um, but the education system, I, I, I personally think it's, it's um, it may be okay, but I don't think it's right for, if we're wanting to be a successful country of people leaving school and going, well, okay, we know what we're doing. We know where we're going. Everyone knows, everyone's just working it out. That's why the whole country's in debt. Uh, me and you share such a similar view on this like for, so I, i've talked to my podcast a few times right like, like i said my, my, i've got twins with seven i'm exactly the same i'll say that if they if they come to me and they go dad you know want to go to university like my wife is a, a, a solicitor she always she wanted to do that since she was at school so she had to go and do a law degree and get that i, I understand but they come to me and go i want to go and do a degree just because i don't know what i want to do i just don't buy into it. i would go out travel the world, go and I'd rather come, I'm going to start a business. I've got an idea, whatever that looks like. Ultimately, we just want them to be happy. But I do think that I totally agree with you just to go and do a degree for the sake of doing a degree doesn't. And and even to the point where employers now, like I've, I've noticed a, a few, because I said, I follow you on, on social and some of your posts are brilliant. And, and you talk about the people you employ. It's not about necessarily what, what qualifications they've got or what that, a good person can they do the job. I don't read CVs. <laughs> I don't read any CV. I don't care whether you've got a degree or not. Are you a good bloke, good person, good woman? Are you sharp? Are you quick at replying to people when they, when they, when they contact you? Do you write a good email? Are you kind? Are you good with other people? Are you a team player? Are you looking out for your other teammates in, in the office? They're the simple, everyone else we can teach you. These are simple, really good skills to be nice and, and being able to work alongside someone. The amount of people that I know have got businesses with 
for me, anything over 13 full-time members of staff creates hierarchy, gossip, and all the other stuff that comes with it. People are going, how much are you on? How much are they on? When you've got a team of 12 and under, it feels like a real nice lifestyle business. And people sort of may go, oh, lifestyle business. That means you don't earn enough money. It means you're just ticking over. No, no, no. A lifestyle business is something you really enjoy doing with people who you really enjoy being around and making it profitable. Now, 70% of businesses do not make money. People don't know that. 70% of businesses do not make money. But people who've got those businesses aren't making money may not want to be seen as a failure, so they'll carry on and get in more debt. It's crazy. Yeah, crazy. 80% of startups fail. There you go. There's another one. 80% of startups fail. No one's teaching you how to start a business. No one's teaching you you've got to go to the bank and set up a bank account. No one's teaching you to set up a limited company. No one's teaching you about the accounts. I could go on about accountants. I still don't understand. I've run some big, some big of my own businesses, some big businesses. Even when the accountant comes to me, he shows me the sheets. I said, that is so confusing. Brackets, numbers all over the place, names that I've never even heard of. The whole paperwork's confusing. How are normal people like us who just want to simplify everything meant to work it all out when everything's confusing? Because it's a hundred years out of date again. I, I love it. I love. I loved your whole ethos around business look, and life in general. It's let's just keep things simple. Keep because it can be, can't it? If you keep things simple, yeah. it doesn't. Become, uh, yes, but mate, look, I, I, I couldn't not talk to you to talk to you about podcasts. Obviously, yep. being that you started yours two years ago, the event for entrepreneur. Um, Talk to me a little bit about that. So obviously you've had the, the situation in lockdown, you've had to keep pushing back and you've had to cancel Form of Sevens and push the date back, etc. Then you start, you launch an event for entrepreneur podcast in a, in a million, in two years, you're in the top 0.5%. You've interviewed some amazing guests. What, what inspired you at that point to, to launch it? To bring people back together again, because I couldn't do it in a field. Brilliant. So how can I bring Brilliant. people together that they can listen to amazing stories where I'll interview amazing people who have all lived eventful lives, crazy people that, you know, <laughs> open up my black book. Like I said earlier, my mum said, everyone you meet is a contact. I'm one phone call away from anyone in the UK. And if I can't get hold of that person, I'm two phone calls away, you know, and when people want to talk about themselves and tell their story in a really nice way, in a really nice manner, that's only going to help people who are listening. You know, you might, you might yeah. listen to a podcast episode. You might learn three or four tips. You go, oh, my God, that might change the whole outlook to my business if I tweaked it like that or I did it like that. You know, so I've personally absolutely loved it. Um, and if you flick through the 106, 107 episodes I've done so far and someone says to me, which is your best, I can't put my finger on it. There's so many good ones on there. And um, I guess that's why it's grown so quickly because people – the feedback that I get is that once you start, they listen to one, you get hooked. You go, oh God, yeah. I really enjoyed that style. Because um, I let people speak. You know, a lot of podcast hosts don't let people speak and um, just take them on a journey. I freestyle everything, no notes, no research. I did five minutes the night before, a little bit flicking around, nothing written down. I just freestyle it and we have a wicked conversation for an hour or maybe an hour and a half. Love it. 
look, mate, we share a similar power. I'm, I'm just coming up to my 50th episode, I think, now. And it's been out of all the businesses I've run and stuff I've done. This is probably one of the, my favourite things. I just love it. I love having a con- Like today, like, mate, so grateful for you coming on and having a chat with me. It's brilliant. Like, like I said, it's been fascinating actually following you on social media and seeing that, and really engage with your posts and the stuff that you talk about and, and just your ethos. I think we just share quite similar values and, and stuff certainly surrounding business and, and what that looks like so it's been um and really grateful obviously you coming on i want to um just want, before we go into our quick fire questions i just what, what, tell me what the future holds for for roger woodall roger woodall God, i haven't called that in years and i call you dodge <laughs> mate everyone just knows me as dodge <laughs> um we've just launched we've just launched we've got coming to year 16 of the festival We've got, uh, I've been six months now trading with the event crowd, which is the online events course, which is going extremely well. Uh, the podcast is flying and I'm just enjoying life. I'm literally just enjoying life. And as you get older, you just get more and more grateful for things. And even for a kid, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky to have it's nice, nice stuff in life. I'm not into fast cars, I'm not into watches. I like nice holidays. I like a nice comfy home, quiet, calm home. Enjoying being with my missus. Love the bits. Been for nineteen years. Got a lovely little boy, and 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 I've got this unbelievable team of of twelve people in our headquarters here. And everyone really enjoys what they do, and everyone's kind, and and it's working. So I'll never sit on my hands when you got a one old machine like Formula Seven's festival. I'll never sit on my hands, guys. It's going to work again because you don't know what's around the corner. Like my mum always said, eleven eleven minutes. 11 hours, 11 days, 11 months, you do not know what is around the corner. So make sure you actually really do enjoy the day. And it's quite a cliche thing. People go, oh, live in the present, live in the present. Actually, just enjoy the day. Enjoy your food. Yeah. Enjoy the trees around you and people around you. And and don't get aggy or aggro if someone cuts you up and just be nice. And, you know, the world is in a, a very different place now than it was um, even three, four years ago. But I think the reason why I don't watch the news is because of the fear factor. Everyone's being drilled in this country of fear, fear, fear. I don't have any fear. I don't want to watch the news because when I did watch it, it would be 10 negative things and then they would show you the football goals. I'm like, this is odd. Um, yeah, I just try to see. I have always have done keep everything simple and um, just keep fit enough. I love some so the gym. Yeah. So refreshing to hear, though, like that outlook on it and that, uh especially regarding the news and stuff like because it is there's a lot of negativity even social media and stuff there can be a lot of negativity around and like it's not what you want to it's not what the people you're saying with i'm the same with people like you want to surround yourself with positive people and because positivity breeds as much as negativity you want to surround yourself with positive people i've always been an optimist i guess things are always going to be all right but whatever's going on you know what's the worst that can happen all, everything falls right. into place everything falls yeah. into place I just think there's a there's a nation of people who like to magnify problems. If you wake up and you mm. think of a negative thought or two negative thoughts, your day is going to be neg. <laughs> so mm. it's about being mm. understanding your subconscious mind. If your subconscious mind realizes, if your conscious mind realizes, your subconscious mind is thinking about saying negative. It's like, okay, let's flip to saying really happy and positive, which may be thinking about your mum and your dad or thinking about what you what you're doing this evening or thinking about a wicked holiday you just come off the back or making a nice phone call of someone you haven't spoken to for ages because you do everything on whatsapp or text or you don't even communicate with them anymore because you see everything on facebook and instagram pick up the phone yeah, and have yeah. a conversation 
because conversations are wonderful. And I can vouch for that because I've met 107 plus the Harry Redknapp show. So what's that? I've had like 120 odd conversations with people in the last two years where I've sat with the headphones on for an hour, an hour and a half of new people who I've become friends with. And it's so refreshing to give people your time and have a, have a proper laugh and whatever you're doing. And the thing now, if I'm, I'm at home, I go, right, I'm going to flick through my phone. God, I haven't spoken to him for, God, Jesus, about nine years. And it's so good for the soul. It really is. I love that. Love that, mate. Listen, we're going we're gonna to finish up. We've got some quick fire questions I've got for you. So um, what one piece of advice would you give to your 18-year-old self? 18-year-old self? Think big. If you've got an idea, follow through and go and do it. Brilliant. Brilliant. Who has been the biggest inspiration throughout your life and why? My mum and my dad. My mum has got me the entrepreneurial spirit. My dad is an absolute rock, my best mate. And they both give me belief in being able to do whatever I want to do and believe in yourself. And I can't stress that enough, how powerful being given belief as a young kid is and how, it's, how it is for me as an adult now. Amazing. Love that. Could you, um, could you recommend a book or a podcast for our listeners that hasn't had an impact on you other than your brilliant podcast, of course? <laughs> well, I don't read books. Um, and podcast wise, I've got a friend called James Sinclair and he's got a podcast called the business broadcast. And he is one of the best entrepreneurs in the country, in my opinion. Um, and he's a wonderful guy and he's created unbelievable uh, businesses. He's a 20 million pound uh, business. He is. He's got a number of businesses from uh, farms to, to kids play things. To, he's done everything and he's a proper character. Um, and yeah, I would go and have a listen to some of his stuff. He speaks real sense on the business level and entrepreneurial level. So yeah, I'll say James. Love that. And finally, what is your one rule for living a fulfilled life? Being happy, happiness, just happiness. Actually, break it all down. Are you happy today? Because nothing else really matters. How much money you got in the bank, or how much money you could take the grave of your cars, and it's just happiness. What does happiness mean to you? If I said to you, what does happiness mean to you? See any of having this conversation, mate? Uh, that's for me. People. It's all. It's all about it. Mm. I love it. People. Being around great people, people. don't know. People don't know. You ask that, ask that to my mates. Are you happy? Oh, shit. Where's that come from, Dodge? No, no. Ask your question. Are you happy? People have got to really think. Yeah. Love that. Mate, listen. What, what an absolutely brilliant conversation and so much great stuff that's come out. And I'm sure loads of listeners and, and certainly me on a personal level, actually learning so much from it. So I'm just genuinely grateful for your support and jumping on this with me today and, and, and having a chat. And listen, I wish you continued success. I'll keep following you and keep being inspired by the stuff that you're doing. And um, listen, really grateful for your time, mate. Thanks ever so much. It's, it's my pleasure. Just before I go there, we just launched a Dodge Woodall. You can get me on different socials, but check out Dodge Woodall on TikTok. 
I never thought in the life okay. of me I'd be on TikTok. And my team have got me on TikTok. <laughs> and uh, take a look. There's some good stuff on there. Mate, on the podcast. Ledge. I certainly will. I'll subscribe. Mate, legend. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, mate. I wish you all the best. You're a and, gentleman. Um, yeah, genuinely grateful. Thank you. Have a lovely day. Be happy. Take care. Thank you. All the best.